welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Seeds, it is so nice to be back with you. You'll be glad to know, those who've been tracking, I have not had a flat tyre since we last talked. Um, I did get a new car, and we don't have a spare tyre with the new car, which makes me very nervous, if you know my history. Uh, but it's always nice to be with you. In fact, um, now that we're in June, we are in the second year now, officially, going into the third of my house renovations. So any distraction I can get from my unfinished porch is always delightful um, because we started renovating our house two years ago. And it all started because my friend, who's our plumber, came in and said, Steph, I can't fix your shower anymore. It was dripping. You know, the, the drip that just doesn't go away. He said, I've done all I can do. In fact, I'm going to need to take off the tiles and get to the breaches behind and replace that. So... If you've ever wanted to renovate your ensuite, now's your chance. I might have got carried away. (laughs) Because what started out as a dripping shower ended up with a full house renovation, including putting in a pool, which is ironic given the dripping shower. and the water usage that we were concerned about. Um, So we've done the full house at this point. But it was really funny, early on in the renovation, you're never quite sure what you're going to get when you open up a house that you didn't build, right? You're not quite sure what it is you signed up for when you bought this thing. And so the first thing we got when we opened up the walls, like literally the first day of demo, I got these photos and I was expecting you know, all these exciting demo photos. No, I got photos of the damage termites had done to our ensuite. That was an exciting first, eh? A very cheap thing to fix. And so it continued that every time they went to do something, they would discover something unusual. My favourite one was when they went to realign the plumbing in our ensuite because we wanted to, we'd moved the shower to a different spot and we wanted to kind of realign the drains. And they said to me, Steph, we've never seen this before. That's always a good place for builders to start, isn't it? Like... Builds confidence. So we've never seen this before. I said, what do you mean? They go, well, we tried to move your plumbing, but when we measured the foundation, it's twice as thick as it should be. (laughs) Apparently, normal foundations are about 300 to 450 mils. Mine is over 600. I think they gave up measuring at that point. And apparently, that makes it really hard to move your plumbing. So then we had to rearrange kind of where the drainage was going to go, and it looked slightly awkward, but I'm choosing to look past it. And because our foundation was essentially over-engineered, way too much effort. Now, part of me was slightly frustrated that that meant realigning things in our ensuite, and part of me was secretly proud. Is that weird? That I was secretly excited that our foundation was extra thick extra strong, wasn't going to move, termites still got through, but still, (laughs) little suckers, but still, you know, our foundation was extra strong and there was this part of me that was kind of excited about that because it meant that my house was on a really good solid foundation or at least my bedroom and ensuite were, apparently the rest of the house is normal. I don't know why they thought the earthquake was going to be right there when they built it, I'm not sure. 
But foundations are important. If we're going to build something, it's important to build good, strong foundations. We know this not just in building, but in life. I discovered this the hard way when I was in college, because in college, when you do theological college, they make you do Hebrew and Greek. Now, English can be a stretch for me. So Hebrew and Greek was super fun. In fact, I had to do advanced Hebrew to do my honours. It was a very exciting time in my life. But in Greek, I discovered that the foundations in my life were not built well. Because as the lecturer was sharing these Greek terms, I didn't know if she was speaking Greek or talking about grammatical terms. So she thinks like presuppositions and uh, participles and things like this. I didn't know if that was a Greek word I was supposed to know the meaning of or a grammatical term. Because it turns out I went to school when they didn't teach English properly. Now, all of you are horrified, as am I. But they didn't. And yet, when I look at my life, my spelling is average. My children, who are 8 and 11, are far better spellers than I am. Because they're not just starting with words, they're starting with the foundational understanding. They're starting with the grammatical terms. They're starting building the blocks so that when they build on, they're not missing any gaps. My education apparently is full of gaps, which makes you very confident and excited to be listening to me right now. But I watch them learn. It's the fun thing about having kids is that you get to relearn all the things that you missed in school or forgot. And so I watch my daughter do her jolly grammar, it's called. There's a book. You know, and she's got to learn her IEs and ELs and all of these sorts of things. And she's learning all of the things one by one. I'm learning that a tittle is what the I dot is called. I'm learning all of these things again. And maybe by the time my children graduate, I might be able to spell, which would make my mother very, very happy as an educator herself. But foundations are important. Getting the basics are important. We need to learn to crawl before we can walk. We need to make sure that we're putting in the foundational things that allow us to build something that is strong and healthy in our lives. You have a foundation for your life. We don't look at it very often. It's a bit like a house foundation. It kind of is there and we hope that it's stable, but we rarely explore how deep it goes. You have a foundation for your life. For most people, the foundation of their life is mapped out, is blueprinted, is designed and built around their family of origin, the family you grew up in that helped you understand what life should look like, what success looks like, how relationships work, what you should do with your money, what you should do with your time, what community understanding those sorts of things. Maybe your foundation has been impacted by the culture that you've been uh, grown up in and emerged in. You know, I'm a Gen Y, a millennial. I know, we got old. We're going grey, us millennials. But that has impacted the foundation of my life, growing up in that particular generation, as has yours. Your foundation has been impacted by the experiences of your life. The traumatic events, the highs, the lows, they've all started to shape your fundamental understanding of how to do life and what life should look like. And it's this foundation that determines the kind of life you build. 
And so it's interesting that as we come to Luke 6, Jesus starts to talk about the kingdom, talk about the life of disciples, talk about the the nature of disciples. Ashley so helpfully shared about the Sabbath last week. But then Jesus goes up to the mountain and he chooses his 12 apostles. He sets them aside. But then he comes down and finds a plain in the mountains. And we have here in Luke 6 a comparison to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, one of the most famous sermons of all time that you can find in in Matthew's Gospel. And Jesus here in this Sermon on the Plain, Luke calls it, because he found a plain in the middle of the mount, he begins to unpack some of the behaviours for his disciples. The crowd is gathered, but Jesus is speaking specifically to his disciples, it says in verse 20. The crowd is there, the crowd is listening, but he's pointing to those people who are following him, not just the 12 apostles, but the gathered people who are choosing to invest and follow Jesus. And he begins to unpack for them some of his thinking and his teaching about life. Things like... Don't judge other people without first looking at yourself. Things like be generous even to those who can't repay you. Things like the fruit of your life comes from the depth of your heart. And what's he doing? He's starting to question and challenge the foundation that people had lived by, the natural assumptions, the presumptions of the culture. And he's pulling it apart and he's saying all of this and then he gets to this very well-known but I think misunderstood passage, this little proverb that we're going to look at today in Luke 6. You can also find it in Matthew's Gospel in Matthew 7. So Luke 6, 46 to 49, and this is what he says. So why do you call me Lord when you won't obey me? I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then obeys them. It is like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation, laid upon an underlying rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who listens and does not obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will crumble into a heap of ruins. Jesus is explaining here what it looks like to be a disciple, to both listen and obey. Now I have children, I know that they are different things. Sometimes we're very good at listening, maybe even understanding, but sometimes we struggle with the obeying. But Jesus is pointing out something really helpful for us to understand, that we need to be people who listen and obey. And do you know what? I think we sometimes misunderstand who Jesus is talking to here because he's not talking to the crowd. He's not talking to those who've just gathered out of curiosity. No, no, he's talking to disciples. People who at some part of their journey or another have said that they will follow Jesus, that they're believing in him, that they're trusting him. 
In fact, he says that they're calling him Lord. Curios, master, the one who has authority, the one whose decisions matter. And they're calling him Lord and yet they're not obeying. And so he's using this example to try and paint for us a picture of what genuine discipleship looks like. Because this is not a passage about the difference between believers and non-believers. Believers build on a rock and non-believers build on the sand. No, no, no. This is a passage about genuine discipleship. Disciples who choose to build their life on the rock. And disciples who take the easy way out and build it on the sand. In ancient Palestine, the riverbeds would dry up for six months of the year through the summertime. And so I imagine that if you were, you know, on house hunters in ancient Palestine, you'd be taken along and you'd see this gorgeous, you know, open sandy area where the sand is so easy to toil and and to build your foundations and it, it would just look so attractive. And so you'd go about building your house on this attractive sand because over there was some rock, but that's really hard. But the sand, that's easier to build. But then winter comes and the floodwaters come in and the houses would be swept away. And so the imagery that Jesus is using here isn't one of God's judgmental storms in our lives. No, no, it's the seasons of life. That we as people have a foundation, a house that we're building, and the way that we build it to last is not by building it the easy way on the sand, but instead considering the rock. Being people who hear and obey. You know, my uh, pastor often says that the true test of Christian maturity isn't how much Bible you know. It's how quickly you go from hearing God to obeying God. How quickly we go from hearing God to obeying God. That's the test of our Christian maturity. That's the test of our genuine discipleship. Because here's what discipleship means. A disciple is not simply one who confesses Jesus as Lord. A disciple is one who chooses to follow and obey. He's laying out here this idea of genuine discipleship. And and you might be in this space and you go, well, I'm not a Christian yet. I'm just checking it out. That's great. This is a great place to explore. But here's what it means to actually follow Jesus. Because a disciple in ancient days was one who followed the teacher and learnt from the teacher how that teacher understood life. What they understood about how to care for the poor, what they understood about how to raise a family, what they understood about how to love other people, what they understood about who God was and the very nature of God. That's what a disciple was. They were one who followed who learnt and who imitated and became like the teacher. Not one who rocked up to church every third Sunday, but one who genuinely modelled their life after. And that set of teaching, that understanding of the world, that format for life, that that 
teacher would give was actually called a yoke. You know, we, we often hear this Matthew verse uh, from Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, and it says, Then Jesus came and said to me, All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Te- uh, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. We think of that imagery of a, an ox with a yoke being steered, but it's so much more than that. It's literally understanding that the foundation that Jesus is wanting to give us is a different one than the world has. It's a different one than your parents did. It's a different one than the circumstances of your life and the culture that you've brought up in has given you. The culture that we live in would say that success and happiness looks very differently than how Jesus does. The culture that we live in would say it's okay to judge other people. I mean, don't be too rude about it, but let's face it, it's okay. The culture that we live in wouldn't ask us to examine ourselves and to question ourselves before we start imposing on others. The the culture that we live in would say only give to those who can give back to you. The, The culture we live in says other people need to search for our forgiveness rather than us being willing to forgive. That That's the culture that we live in. That's the foundation of this world. And Jesus is saying, I am giving you a different plan for your life, a different foundation, a different set of understandings. My yoke, my teaching, my kingdom is different. And the challenge is following Jesus in the kingdom is like trying to build a foundation into underlying rock. It's harder. It's harder. Because the foolish builder can so easily build on the sand. They can so easily do it because it doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't. I mean, I've built sandcastles before. That was pretty easy. They weren't great, but they were easy. Building in sand is easy. It doesn't take a lot of work. It's, it's far more attractive. It's far less travel, uh, trouble. But when the seasons of life come, as they always do, it doesn't stand up. Building in sand is short-sighted. It's not thinking about the hard times that will come. It's choosing the easy way out. You know, I have a a philosophy that I put in place in my life many years ago, which is where I try not to annoy future Steph. Have anybody else got this? I know myself well enough that I decided one of the rules I would have for my life is that I won't annoy future Steph. It really helps if you're a procrastinator because you're like, let's not annoy future me. But it means that I'm willing to do the hard thing now in order for the benefit later in order that future Steph would appreciate my efforts now. She would thank me for them, not curse me for them. Building in the rocks like that, it's choosing the hard thing now so that when the natural storms of life, when the crisis hits, when the trouble comes, we have a firm foundation on which to build. William Barclay says it like this. He says, Happy is the man who never barters future good 
for pre- present pleasures. How often do we barter future good? The possibility of good now to make things easier or more pleasurable now. But Jesus is saying, do the work. Build your life. As a disciple of mine, build your life into the rock. On a solid foundation. Deep. Strong. Hard. Protected. Because that is what it looks like to both hear and obey. Choosing to do the work. It's not enough to just know Jesus. Your salvation is great, but if you want to live a life of discipleship, live a life following Jesus, then can I encourage you to examine your foundation? Maybe it's time to take some walls off and look down. Maybe it's time to question that assumption that you had that seems to contradict the word of God. Maybe it's time to question some of our thoughts about worship or about money or about family. Maybe it's time to start to question some of the the teaching that's been put into our life that really doesn't line up with the challenging teaching of Jesus. And if we want to be robust followers of Christ, mature believers, people who know Jesus, who don't just hear but also obey, well then we've got to do the work of looking at what foundation we have. Maybe tearing some of it up. Maybe laying some of it before Christ. Maybe repenting of some of it. Maybe doing some healing of some of the foundation that's been put into our lives. Bringing it before God and saying, does this measure up to your word? Because I'm building a life here and uh, my life is going to look like the foundations that are there. So I want to make sure that I'm building a life that looks like you. Because when we have a foundation of Jesus Christ, our lives look like Jesus. And we get to be Jesus for those around us, for those who are hurting, for those who need love, for those who need forgiveness, for those who are desperately in search because their foundations have come up wanting. And we can only point them to a different way if our own foundations are built differently. Maybe it's time to examine your foundations today. In this moment of worship, as you head out, as you go home, as you think and reflect, maybe it's time to dare to ask the question, have I built easy ones? Have I I just taken the inherited ones? Have I just assumed the cultural ones? But instead, what would Jesus want to build in my life? Let me pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that as we come to your word, we are continually challenged. We're continually challenged by the hope 
that you give us. We're continually challenged by the call that you give us. We're continually challenged by the invitation that you present to us. And Lord, in this word, we hear your call to not build our lives on the easy, on the simple, on the untested, but Lord, to look with a long view and to be people who want to build our lives upon you. That you would be the foundation of our life. That your teaching, your understanding, your shaping of the world would be the very thing that builds into us character, hope, love and strength for the world around us. Lord, in this moment we pray, would you attend to the spaces where foundations have been built out of trauma, where we have allowed additions which we think are protecting us, but really, Lord, really they're built out of pain. And would your healing come in Jesus' name? Lord, would you attend to the foundations in our lives that are being built out of family of origin? Lord, would you adjust? Would you tweak? Would you set aside? Would you rebuild whatever you need to do to help us to understand your foundation for our lives. Lord, for the foundations we've built of an understanding of our purpose, of success, of life, of happiness that have come from our culture, Lord, would you challenge us to look at them deeply and to see if they hold up? Lord, would we have have the strength and the courage to lay aside false narratives, false foundations about what life should be. And listen to your word so that we can be people who build out of obedience in our lives. Lord, in this moment, over this week, would you attend to our foundations, I pray. Reshape, repour, strengthen, so that we may be people who build our lives in the image of you. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.